Welcome back to another episode of Obsessed with Death. Um, it is 11 o'clock at night <laughs> on Sunday the 19th. I said the episode was coming out on Monday and completely forgot about it until just now as I was falling asleep. So with the crusties half in my eyes, um, we're going to knock out this intro. We're going to edit the episode and we're going to make sure it goes out. So hopefully, uh, you know, on your Monday morning commute, you're listening to uh, this episode. Such a great episode. Um, we're talking taxidermy with Goth- oh boy. Gotham Taxidermy. Um, it's this amazing artist based out of New York. Uh, she shared a ton of really interesting insight and, uh, you know, her backstory and how she got started in taxidermy, the history, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, I've always been a fan of taxidermy. I don't really own anything, but I feel like I need to now after this episode. Uh, really fun conversation. Uh, super, super cool. Very talented um, human being. Uh, and I think you're going to really like this episode, especially if you've ever found any interest in taxidermy. If not, just listen anyway, because it's fun. You're learning something new. Make sure you follow the show on Instagram at Obsessed with Death Pod. Of course, that's how you could find out um, more info about this episode. And make sure you go follow Gotham Taxidermy as well. Uh, I'll, of course, tag them and everything when I post about this episode on Instagram. But you could follow them at Gotham underscore Taxidermy. Um, yeah, really fun episode. Uh, if you can, leave a review, five stars, all that stuff. I'm doing everything out of order. I'm so tired. Oh my gosh, thank you for listening. Okay, enjoy. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to you about all things taxidermy. Um, I will admit, I, I don't know a ton about it, um, which is why I wanted to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited to learn a ton. Um, this podcast, I think I explained a little bit to you uh, just when we were sort of emailing back and forth about coming on the show. Um, but it it is very much focused around just conversations around death and dealing with death. And I felt like this was sort of in that realm. I mean, would 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 you agree? Is is this sort of a, a death adjacent related type hobby or or career? Absolutely. Yeah. And um, you know, thanks for thanks so much for having me. And yeah, I would say taxidermy very much deals with death. Um, I think one thing that is so interesting about it and interesting um, from, you know, it started as a hobby for me or for uh, it started as a hobby for me, but it's now become my career for the past um, for the past couple of years. So I think that people who do it as, um, you know, no matter what draws them to it, there's sort of this um, love and reverence for animals that you know that draws people into it but you're also balancing um just coping mechanisms and dealing with death and kind of 
you know, when you're faced with, in any field, I think when you're faced with death every day, you sort of develop, um, you know, it makes you develop some sort of perspective on the world. I don't think everyone who practices, you know, these things has the same perspective, but I think there's some sort of, you know, it's sort of, uh, it's kind of undeniable that you have to develop some perspective on it. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to talking about that um, and sharing a bit about taxidermy too, because it's a very, um, you know, not a lot of people know about it. It's a very, it's a very niche kind of field. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. to share what I can. <laughs> why, why do you think that is? Is, is there like, is there like a stigma around it? Do you think it just makes people on some people uncomfortable? I think think so. Yeah, I think so. I think that taxidermy is one of those fields where um, it does make people uncomfortable. I think a lot of people also, you know, I think most people in this world love animals or have a connection to animals or at the very least don't wish harm on animals. And I think when they see a deceased animal preserved through taxidermy, their mind immediately goes to a place of, um, oh, there was harm done to this animal. There was something bad, you know, it's just something bad done to this animal. This animal was acquired by just, just unsavory means of some sort. And I think that comes from a few things. I think it comes from just, you know, being human and having a very visceral reaction to death. I mean, death is, you know, it's the loss of a life. It's the, you know, it's the, it's the, the end of a life and no one really as inevitable as it is for everything. Nobody, and I guess it depends on the culture too, but we live in, you know, I'm in the U S so, you know, my, my, the culture I grew up with had a different sort of perspective on death than I guess the, the widespread culture or like the, I guess the, the status quo here. So a lot of people, you know, just viewed death with, purely negativity, purely like, you know, sort of like something that's unspoken, something that's taboo, something that we just don't talk about and something that is just has purely like a thousand percent or a million percent negative connotations and with very little nuance. There's very little room for nuance in talking about death in in mainstream spaces, which I think makes podcasts like this so important because you bring on a lot of like, you know, I've listened to a couple of episodes, you bring on a lot of great perspectives, but well, thank you so much. That's yeah. Very nice of you to say. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, with taxidermy, you know, a lot of people associate it with harm to animals. Um, and I don't think, you know, and I, you know, like I said, I think it comes from a place of, you know, just having this visceral reaction and most people not wishing harm on a creature, but also the history of taxidermy is not, you know, it's not all that great, you know, so there are some parts of the history that are very unsavory. There are some parts of the history that, um, you know, that have perpetuated a lot of harm, not just on animals and the environment, but on, you know, on people with, you know, with like the spread of colonial exploit and things like that. So there are a lot of pain points in the history of taxidermy that, you know, that we have to kind of take a balanced look at as we, you know, as we see what people's modern attitudes towards it are. I think that, you know, nothing, none of this comes out of nowhere. So a lot of it is, um, I think a lot of taxidermists now and a lot of people getting into taxidermy, like this newer generation getting into it. I think we're all sort of going into it with, yes, we love doing this. We love, you know, we love animals. We love memorializing them. But there's also this educational aspect that we just can't, like, it's undeniable. We have to educate people as we do this. Um, We have to tell them how we source things. We have to tell them, you know, our, like, for me, I like sharing my 
feelings and opinions and sort of like views on death and on processing death because you know unlike a lot of other art forms taxidermy you are working with an animal it's not just you know it's not just some piece of plastic or a piece of clay or something like that you're you're taking a life form and turning it into something else so there's a sense of reverence there and there's a sense of you know there's a sense of how each person will will approach and process that so there's a lot of that that we're having to share so kind of kind of you know analyzing and framing the historic aspects versus how things are practiced now versus our own, you know, our own reverence for, you know, for these animals and our own feelings and connections to, to nature and stuff as well. And there is within all of that too, there's also this balance of the art and science and, you know, most of the side, at least like I didn't major in science in school. I took just the usual science classes. Um, I went to more art school, when, you know, in my, like, in, after, after high school, uh, my studies were, you know, my degree is in an art major, but what I've noticed a lot in the sciences, it's very taboo to mix any kind of emotion or sort of sensitivity with science. A lot of science is taught in a very structured and rigorous way. And I think taxidermy treads that line. So it makes it a bit, um, you know, it makes it a bit harder to talk about in certain, in certain environments, you know, if you're like, you know, you're doing this very academic project, but still connecting to this animal, you're sort of just like, okay, well, how do I talk about this without, you know, without sounding like I'm just yeah. going to cry or something? You know? so. <laughs> no, that's, that's so interesting. <laughs> um, it, it's such a, it's such a good point that I feel like when people are discussing anything scientific or science related, that they try and keep emotion out of it. That's yeah. just, that's, that's just sort of, I, I feel like, I don't know where that comes from, but that's a that's that's such a good point, And I've never really thought about it, but it's so obvious that, yeah, anytime I feel like people <laughs> discuss anything like that, they're like, well, but how could there not be emotion? I feel like with, with yeah. the type of work you're doing that there there has to be emotion um, before we get too much into it, because I do have a ton of taxidermy questions and I would love yeah, to hear yeah, a little yeah. bit about the history of it and. And the fact that you sort of mentioned the not so great history of it, I'm very interested in that as well. Um, but just really quick, um, I like to, to sort of discuss this just at the, at the top of the, the episode here. But um, what is what is your relationship with death like? Do, do you think about it a lot? Do you worry about it? Um, uh, you know, how does how does that relate to to your career? Obviously, death is a, is a part of what you do. Um but but how does it affect you and, and and do you think about it and and just how do you feel about dying please yeah well to be honest you know yeah. i don't think i completely feel one way or the other about dying it's an inevitability sure. so i sort of you know it it kind of is a it depends on the day some days I wake <laughs> up and it's a, it's a motivator. It's sort of like, yeah. Oh, I need to, um, you know, I want to live the best way I can. I want to do what I can to leave something behind. That's better. Some days you'll wake up and be like, Oh, not such a great mental health day. It's sort of just sure. like, Oh, well, nothing really matters today. So I think the daily feeling to be completely frank and just like, you know, there's nothing special about that everyone has different feelings each day so the the feeling kind of fluctuates but um with what I do I sort of try and take at least you know my feelings on death are to just take some moments each day to not you know to do something good whether it's something 
big or something small, whether it's just like, you know, leaving a piece of chocolate on my partner's pillow and seeing their, you know, seeing their reaction or surprise or yeah. doing something or doing just something a little more grand, you know, doing something a little more, uh, you know, either, whether it's like work related or anything like that, or, you know, taking on some like conservation volunteering opportunity or, or doing something a little, doing something big or doing something small, just, but just trying to use, trying to make some use of that limited time. Um, but also without the pressure of like, oh, you're on a deadline, you know, <laughs> kind of, kind of just balancing, balancing those feelings. Um, and with taxidermy, I mean, like, it makes me think of death a lot because you're faced with dead animals every day, you know, whether yeah. in some state or another, um, whether they're whole and frozen and I'm doing a processing day, whether I'm working on, you know, just finishing work and kind of working on, you know, the, the sort of the more of the end result of, of a piece of taxidermy. Um, you know, it, it makes me, it makes me think of it. It makes me really face my own mortality a lot. Um, and, you know, when I was, when I was younger, I lived much, much more of a faster life than I do now. Yeah. And so I've like, you know, I think many people have their own, own stories and, and traumas, but there has been, it also has helped me process the traumas I've faced with losing certain friends. You know, I've lost, I lost a very close friend to, um, to suicide when I was younger. And so you know, facing certain losses and, you know, just growing up, I had certain, like, it seems like almost every point in my life where there was an incredible high, there was also an incredible loss, um, you know, sort of back and forth. Yeah. So doing taxidermy and getting into it, like really helped me sort of internally process things that I don't even quite frankly, I don't even have words for some of these feelings sometimes. So it's just helped me process like how final this you know, how the finality of death and the gravity of death, but also the inevitability of it. It sort of just helped me kind of come to a neutral place with it of thinking of it as just something that happens and something that we that we live around, I guess. I feel like neutral is a pretty healthy way to look at it, right? Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you, yeah. you, could, you could either be completely obsessed with it, which is not yeah. not healthy you could not think about it at all, which I think is unhealthy. So yeah, I, I think yeah. finding that sweet little middle spot is kind of where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, and I think it's a work in progress. Every, every of course. Day yeah. Well, like, like you said, it's, it's, different. Yeah. Yeah, it's different every day. I'm with you. I mean, yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah. the, when, when you said uh, nothing, nothing matters. I, I just, I was high-fiving the air because I'm with yeah. you on that. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I definitely have those days where I'm just like, who gives a shit? But, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. it's like, there are some... <laughs> I think there there's are something, some days especially. <laughs> I think there's there's nothing wrong with having those days that, you know, as long yeah, as yeah. as long as they're uh, they're separated by by different days. I think it's I think it's absolutely. all right. I mean, yeah, absolutely. The ebb and flow. <laughs> exactly. So I do want to get into I, I want to hear more about how you got started and 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 uh you know where you're at now but before we just we get into that you did mention the history of it and of course i'm, I'm interested in in the history and again you were very specific to mention that there's not that not so great history uh, but could yeah, you talk there's... about could you talk about that a little bit 
Sure. I'll just sort of give like a very quick, like, yeah, I mean, there are, there's so much I'm history sure. taxidermy. So there's like a very, I can give like a very quick summary of it. So yeah, that'd be great. I think the, the, I think for those listening who don't know what taxidermy is or who aren't really sure what taxidermy is, taxidermy just broken down into its root words. Um, taxi is to move or to arrange and derma or dermy or dermis is skin. So all taxidermy is, is moving skin or arranging skin. And the, what is defined as taxidermy is a skin of an animal that's been cleaned and preserved and mounted onto an anatomically accurate sculpted body form. So that's all taxidermy is. So there are a lot of adjacent uh, sort of artistic sciences or preparation ways and things that are related to taxidermy, like there's bone cleaning and mummification and wet specimens and a lot of other preservation arts that, um, that kind of live alongside taxidermy, I think. But like taxidermy itself is that animal that's recreated by, you know, by its skin being mounted onto this anatomical form. So that clarifies hopefully the definition yeah, of what taxidermy that is. Yeah, that's, that's very helpful. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. Um, and so the history of taxidermy sort of goes along with human history. I mean, people have been preserving animals in some way or another for ages. And um, taxidermy really came about with or, or, or I think the popularity of taxidermy and the spread of taxidermy really came about as a way of sharing information and knowledge about animals as trade and spread and empires grew across the world. So there are, you know, there are the positive and negative aspects of it. So we didn't always have conservation laws. We didn't always have, you know, regulations on you know, on harvesting animals, on hunting, on, on things like that. And especially as um, people who originally lived on a land stopped being allowed to live on that land or were displaced or, you know, sure. very many unpleasant, you know, unpleasant and destructive things happened as people moved off of, you know, as, as these things happened, so did those same things happen with animals, if that makes sense. So there was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of, of that happening as well. So I don't know if that makes, yeah, I feel like I'm just trying to explain, I'm trying to explain it in like a, a way that I guess doesn't like, it seems like you're trying know. to be sort of very like, uh, I'm trying to not be like politically very, correct. I don't want to use like, <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to use like very triggering language, you know, cause I don't want to like, I don't know if the, like what kind of language will trigger people. So I don't want to do that. Well, but I guess I, I could start, I guess I could start over and say like, you know, as like people moved around and explored the world, they didn't always treat each other great. They didn't always treat the land they went on to very great. Sure. Um, and so, you know, and it's not just taxidermy that has that history. A lot of stuff has that history. So it's just, it's very much like taxidermy very much falls into that. And I think a lot of people have a negative connotation with over hunting, with, you know, colonial exploit, with all of these things that, you know, were very harmful in the past. Um, yeah. And so with taxidermy now, I mean, at least for me, I'm connect, I feel a connection to it from being connected to animals and being connected to kind of reclaiming this art form that has, you know, it has a bit of a, it has some good things in its past and it also has some bad things in its past. I want to, 
reclaim it for what we can do with it now, you know, and kind of reclaim the, the yeah. reverence and the, yeah. the reverence and appreciation side of it, as opposed to standing for, you know, I definitely do not stand for overhunting for exploitation and extractive. That's the word I was looking for. Gotcha. Like that very, there's like a very extractive attitude that um, a lot of people associate with taxidermy, sort of this like man's dominance over nature, as opposed to, for me, what resonates is being in harmony with nature and not sort of being like, I am, a, you know, I am responsible for a second life or this like almost like playing God angle. Like that's definitely not like my, <laughs> that's definitely not my, yeah. um, my approach with it. But for some people it is. And in the past, you know, with a lot of people did have that sort of like, you know, trophy, like kind of that sort of yeah that like sort of like a man dominating an animal kind of well well so that sort of uh dominance and yeah, yeah. like sort I, of subjugation of nature and that extractive attitude so like i, I mean when, yeah. when the first thing that that comes to mind is you know uh, that that sort of cliche i feel like in the 90s the, you'd see these movies where the dad the scary dad had like the the deer head you know yeah <laughs> stuck on the wall right, and i mean right. that's that's technically taxidermy, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's yeah. taxidermy, yeah. And there's also, of course, like, you know, Hannibal Lecter and Norman Bates and all of these, like, you know, serial killer and scary, scary kind of connotations, too, of something must be wrong with you if you're doing this. And, yeah. you know, there's that stigma as well. So it really just hasn't had the best, uh, just overall, like, whoever was doing the PR for taxidermy <laughs> just did not, like, did not really... Um, you know, well, I think people kind of ran with the negativity as opposed yeah. to running with how important taxidermy has been for, you know, for sharing information about animals, for us learning about animals. Um, for me personally, if it wasn't for taxidermy, I wouldn't know about animals because I've grown up in big cities my whole life. Um, I mm -hmm. grew up in Miami and now I live in New York City. Um, and so, like, I'm someone who comes from a city and I don't, uh, you know, I do unless I go to a zoo I'm not going to see a giraffe or a zebra or a lion or you know animals that don't live in that animals that aren't really like pigeons and certain birds that we have in cities you know like yeah so taxidermy really exposed me to animals and kind of helped me travel the world when I couldn't you know when I when I couldn't and still I'm not like you know buying a plane ticket to go you know, to some far off forests in Indonesia or to some, sure. you know, to the savannas in Africa. I think there's, you know, there's a real power of taxidermy to do, you know, to do that and to connect people with nature and get people to, to care about nature. Um, so I feel like that aspect of it is really often overlooked and really often kind of minimized. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, you're, so, you're yeah. so, you're so right. I mean, again, just from like my limited knowledge. And when you, when you think about, yeah, taxidermy, it, it really does sort of go to those certain things. And I think part of that is because it does make people think about their mortality and death and it yeah. makes them uncomfortable. So why not just like sort of shit on it and, and, and make yeah. it this, <laughs> this, this bad thing. Cause yeah. then, then it's yeah. a bad thing. Then you, then you don't have to think about it. Then you don't have to really be involved. You know, you just kind of push it away. Yeah. 
you kind of so, push it away and and you kind of like demonize it and demonize anyone yeah. who is associated with it and what's so bizarre before i was doing taxidermy i worked in um i worked in the fashion industry i was a designer i designed shoes and leather goods and you know that industry is much more that you know that the fashion industry is also very extractive and continues to be very uh you know, certain aspects of it continue to be very destructive to, to the environment, to people and, you know, all of these things. Um, But there was so much less outrage and there's so much less of a negative reaction. If I tell people I'm a, I'm a shoe designer or a handbag designer or a leather goods designer, Um, even though you're, you you know, you're turning animals into a product, like it's still, it's still an animal, but when it doesn't have a face, people are very, um, people react a lot differently when it doesn't look like or, so or represent the animal. Yeah. People have a much different reaction. Um, yeah. If, if you, sh- if you showed someone like a, a fur coat and then like a taxidermy bird, they're going to yeah, get, un- they're gonna get a, uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> with the, with this yeah, tiny cute yeah. little bird, but a yeah, giant fur a very, coat, they're like, yeah. yeah, throw it on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a very, yeah, there's a very different reaction. And some people do like, I mean, there are some people who, you know, who are very much like deeper in their stance and will not, you know, wear leather or eat honey or, sure. or have anything related to an animal. Of course. But most people, if you show them a pair of like a leather shoe, a belt, a fur coat, even they're not going to have that visceral reaction, which I find so interesting because for me, when I see the whole animal, I think of how much I can appreciate it and how much, you know, how much detail someone put into, you know, recreating this animal, yeah. but also how much, um, yeah, how, how much, how many moments of stillness I can have with this animal in a way that, you know, I also go bird watching and, you know, try and get out in nature um, around the city too. And, you know, there's a different connection you have with animals in that way. Like, the animals are moving they're flying like with birds they're flying around they're tiny yeah. little orbs from far away you don't get too <laughs> close you're not supposed to get close you know you want to yeah. you want to keep your your respectful and healthy distance and so you know there's something about appreciating animals that way and there's another thing about appreciating an animal when it's still and it's past and and you know you're looking at someone else's interpretation of it you're looking at someone else's sort of you know how they've captured this animal or how they've interpreted its features and, and what it looks like in there, you know, in reconstructing it. So there is, um, there's a little more introspection that I think you can do with taxidermy that a lot of people either don't realize or aren't comfortable with or, or something on that spectrum, you know, of, of, of just not, um, yeah, of just not thinking about it, I guess. Hey guys, super excited to announce that today's episode is sponsored by Wills.com. Wills.com is where state-specific legal wills are done online. Statistically, less than two-thirds of the U.S. population does not create a will. The primary reason is that people believe they don't have enough to give away, yet many have kids or own assets that are of importance to their loved ones. It doesn't matter if it's a baseball collection, a car, or a house. Your family will appreciate having a plan for all your stuff. And when there is no will, the recipients of your estate will be determined by the government. It takes on average just 15 minutes to create your state-specific legal will on wills.com. And when you use the discount code ROB, R-O-B, you will receive a 25% discount upon checkout for your lifetime membership with unlimited changes to your personal will. 
So head over to wills.com where state-specific legal wills are done online. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think what you said too about just it not, not having a face, like that's so important, yeah. right? Like there's, um, I I have a I have a friend. His daughter was uh, eating a cheeseburger, and oh yeah, excuse <laughs> me, and and she's seven years old. I think she's seven, uh-huh. seven going eight years old, and yeah. she doesn't know what a cheeseburger is. She just knows it tastes right. good, right? It's you know, yeah, yeah. So she uh, she got to the this point where she was like questioning what she was eating mm. and he had to explain to her, yeah. you know, the, well, there's these things called cows. They're adorable yeah. and they're, yeah. you know, and of course she knew what a cow was, but, you know, he just had to explain that to her. And that's that's it. She she's she sworn off cheeseburgers as since yeah. since learning what it is. And it's like, yeah, I I, I totally get that. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's it's obviously eating meat is a whole nother thing that, that we right. don't have to get into. But yeah, it's just it's it's interesting. I think once, you know, again, it's like you just eat a cheeseburger. You don't even really have to think. Yeah, about we don't it. really think about it. Yeah. yeah. Even buying even when like buying meat in a store, you don't really think about it because it's not whole. It's these it's been we've been so removed from what animals are in our lives you know they're just these patties or packets or they're just these shapes and um I like so I'm no longer I'm I used to be vegan in college I'm no longer vegan I'm just sort of like I try to just eat mindfully and locally I don't eat as much Mm -hmm. meat as people probably think I do as a taxidermist I really (laughs) like I don't like I just don't eat a ton of meat but um like just speaking of meat since you brought it up yeah um, yeah yeah I'm always so I'm like amazed right now at all of the plant-based stuff because when, when I was vegan, we had like very few things and they didn't like, except from, except for actual foods like tofu and tempeh and seitan and all of those like actual like foods, those real foods. I was like, oh, these are really really good. But like the nuggets back in the day, like the early 2000s, like those nuggets and stuff, they weren't that great, you know, (laughs) or like, you know we have so many like of the milks now back then it was like a weird watery soy milk and it was like oh okay you know so now seeing all the different options it's really wonderful but I'm also interested in like hardcore because you know in in my line of work I meet some of these like hardcore meat eater like only like you know almost like uh (laughs) people who are really bothered by the plant-based stuff and I'm like what is the difference it's just a patty like you go and get this anonymous patty made from a sentient being, or you can get this anonymous patty made from a bunch of plants, you know, like when it comes to things like a burger or a hot dog or, you know, or something like that, where it's not like something I think that's more integral in me, like a cut of steak or a big piece of fish or, or something like that, you know, where it's sort of like a whole, like, I guess, closer to the original animal as opposed to like, I don't know these forms and these shapes so I find people's attitudes around the food aspect of it super interesting from you know from both of these sides as well yeah absolutely (laughs) I mean it it is amazing how far it's come um yeah yeah (laughs) and I feel like you know this like next generation is 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 definitely um spoiled in a good way I mean they should be be rewarded for 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 being able to 
real yeah and it also it also helps like make a lot of these options more accessible too i mean it's still pretty expensive but at least it's like like it's kind of hopeful seeing some of the stuff at like a fast food restaurant it's like okay that's really you know yeah that's that's kind of nice that you can get like a you know a veggie burger on the road if you're if that if that's the option you want it kind of it's it's kind of hopeful to see some of that Absolutely. I, I grew up, I had a, I had a few close friends that were, that were vegan and I felt like all they ate were just like bean burritos and it was right. Like, yeah. yeah. Was <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that was like all you could get on the road. And now you have almost like more, like there, the, the options are, are pretty, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. So, okay. So um, I, 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 I appreciate you coming on and I don't want to keep you too long. So I would love to That's hear right. just yeah. a little bit of, uh, you know, how, how did you get started and, uh, and where are you sort of at today? I know you teach some classes, um, but, oh, yeah. but where, where did the, where, where did you begin? Like, how did, how did this, this, this journey of taxidermy start? Sure. So I was mentioning earlier, um, I was very into, you know, I've always loved animals. I've always loved art and I've always loved science. Um, and I've always loved the part of science that was very much about asking questions and getting answers to them through, I guess, through your experiences, through observation and sort of that, I guess the more like, I guess what lies at the heart of science, you know, because I think, you know, science and art are just two ways of interpreting information in the world. And they're, you know, just slightly different outcomes, I guess, depending on what, what you're, what, uh, what end products you're looking at. Um, so that's always just been part of my nature since I was, you know, since I was young and until, you know, and, and continuing now. So I got into taxidermy because I loved animals and I would see animals, you know, either outside, mostly it was birds and trees or little lizards on the ground. Um, but I'd also see animals because my mom was a science teacher. We would also get to go to the science museum and I would see animals there in these taxidermy forms in these dioramas and these displays and I was just so fascinated by that animal being something you know that animal being a dead animal but not being you know not being just like frozen remains or something this is a dead animal turned into art turned into you know turned into a, a representation of itself and that was done by a person so that whole process was so fascinating to me um and I would collect books and, you know, anything I could about taxidermy. I would look for videos about it on the internet. You know, I was just always, always yeah. curious about the process, um, but never thought I could be a taxidermist because a lot of what I was reading about taxidermy when I was starting out and a lot of the people I saw as taxidermists weren't people like me. There were a lot of older men, um, not a lot, not a ton of diversity and just people who were, you know, living in a rural place or living in like the countryside. And I was like, well, I like living in the city. I love the vibrancy and the pace of life that happens in a city. And so I guess this will just have to be my hobby. And I guess this will just have to be my interest. And so I sort of had my creative pursuits in, um, you know, in fashion because I was, I like clothes as well. And I think it's kind of, cool and sculptural and um and it's also an art form where you can get a job and make money <laughs> so that's sort of what I pursued um through most of you know through most of my life that was my pursuit whereas taxidermy was just a hobby and sort of like an interest that I had um but then when I moved away when I moved to New York for college um I was also just super excited about being able to take the subway to go to American Museum of Natural History and, and hang out there um 
And so I was like, really, you know, sort of really excited about being in New York, really excited about having, you know, having a place of my own and, you know, and having like, and having, um, you know, the ability to, you know, to be a young adult, I guess, you know, to, to kind of strike out on your own. Um, when I moved to New York for school, I went to school for fashion, but again, having the sex derby hobby. So towards the end of, I think it was, yeah, towards like the end of college, um, I went hiking one day and it was really cold day out. And um, I found a squirrel and was like, oh my gosh, I can, you know, it's a cold day outside. I found the squirrel. I'm going to try and do taxidermy on this. And um, I don't have my, I don't have my mom to tell me I can't do it because I'm not in her home. You know, my roommate that I live with is, has similar interests to me too. So, you know, we're going to sort of like, I guess, do this, do this. Uh, we're going to do this. So I had my taxidermy manual. I had my supplies. I had, you know, I kind of collected and gathered everything I needed and, it sounds like it was a lot better than it is, but it was not a very good first attempt, but I was so fascinated by the process and so fascinated by the connection that I made with that animal. It was unlike anything I'd ever done before because you're seeing an animal inside and out and you're like, there's sort of this responsibility on you to, you know, represent and recreate this animal, you know, you know, you're rebuilding this animal, you're, re you're representing it, you're recreating it, you're reconstructing it. So there was all of that. Um, and sort of the things I was feeling around it were, um, you know, it was sort of, yeah, I was really like tapped into that feeling and really like kind of electrified by it. Um, and so, yeah, that's what that first attempt is that that little first attempt is what got me into doing it as a hobby. And so I practiced a lot on my own as a hobby. Um, Re really quick, really quick. You yeah, find yeah. you find this squirrel. Yeah. And obviously this is something that you've been thinking about doing. But yes. Yeah. How does that how does that books and stuff? Yeah. How does that process even happen, though? I mean, do you just like throw you just throw it in your your bag or like okay yeah so I had um so I had a cooler and I had gloves because I was like you know if I ever find anything like I guess I'll pick you know I'll be able to okay so you were yeah you were sort of planning to eventually find something yeah well I was like you know one day I'm going out you know if I'm going out into you know if I'm going on a hike or something I was like I will take my little kit with me so yeah I had a cooler and gloves and and that to be set up with so it wasn't makes sense yeah, so I'm just picturing just you like yeah. Yeah, I'm picturing you just like, you, like <laughs> just putting it in my purse and <laughs> <laughs> you just like have a Ziploc bag like with a sandwich right. in it and you just like dump the sandwich out and put oh, no. In. <laughs> no I wouldn't want to waste food <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> okay good call all right yeah. so, that, so that's great all right so you were you were definitely working towards you know getting getting yeah to I had point. wanted to yeah I was like I wanted to text Jeremy but you know I was like still still very very new to it so from then to now so I was you know at that time I was working at my fashion job um doing taxidermy as a hobby what made the switch from hobby to career yeah. was just me doing getting more practice in taxidermy because it's such a you know there are so many details it's a very labor intensive and you know there are many different skills you have to hone to get good at taxidermy so um there was a lot, there were, there were years spent doing that. And honestly, you know, you never stop doing that. You, you continue doing that, whether you're a professional or an amateur or anything, you know, you're, you're always continuing to hone those skills. Um, yeah. But what made the switch was 
that the more people I started meeting and I started using social media more um, to share that I do taxidermy and met a lot more people who did taxidermy. Um, so I started going to taxidermy association shows. I started um, seeing spaces in New York City that were holding taxidermy classes and they've asked me to teach those classes. So that sort of helped me build a career of doing taxidermy while living in New York City. Um, and yeah, I went from doing it part-time to, to doing it full-time and, you know, taking on commissions, doing classes and, you know, basically running my own business, doing taxidermy. So, um, that's, yeah, that's, so yeah, that's, so it was yeah. like the span of a few, it was a span of a few years. I'd love to say like, oh yeah, I just like, you know, quit my job <laughs> and started it full-time. But, um, you know, I think that it's really good to normalize that artists have side artists are usually working like five or six different jobs you know it shouldn't be that way I think everyone who wants to be a full-time artist should have the support to do that but um yeah this was a it was a it was a long it was a long and slow transition from having a yeah. having a day job and this to 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 having this be my day job full-time sure I feel so, like you, you probably appreciate it more though since you know you work so hard to, to get to where you are I agree with you. I think think if you want to, yeah, Yeah, if you want to, if you, if you want to do, you know, you know, art full time, I think, yeah, I mean, the the, the dream would for be for everybody to just be able to do that. But, you know, unfortunately, it's not that simple for some people. And like you said, you know, it's it's a lot of people, it sort of has to be like the side gig for a while. But yeah, for you you to be able to do that and transition and and to make it a full time thing is, I think, really incredible. That's that's, uh, thank you. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. And and it's such I mean, what an interesting way to to make a living and and to meet new people. Um, I totally agree. I I sort of have been having a little bit of the same experience just with doing this. And I've been meeting. I get to meet so so many different people and such interesting people. And that's awesome. And I get to, you know, I get to have such, such incredible conversations that I would never be able to have otherwise. I mean, for whatever reason it is, you know, I think there's certain people, I've had a couple of different authors and doctors on the show that, you know, they're, they're not talking to me, but at the moment I go, oh, I have, I have this podcast where we just talk about death for an hour and they're like, Mm. eyes light up a little bit. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You got to, I found the thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it is, it is really great. I'm not like a giant fan of the internet and social media. I think it could be a nightmare (laughs) sometimes, but but there is, there are some very, um, big positives to it. And I think part of that is getting to meet people like you and and have this conversation. I mean, thank uh, you. Yeah. I I think that the meeting, meeting people with similar interests is then, one great thing about the internet that's the, that's the one good thing it has <laughs> yeah. what it's spiraled into is yeah. and what it's spiraling into this like yeah. um you know this sort of like content machine that people have to be like you know yeah. to in order to like live on the internet is is really out of hand but i think that there are still authentic communities and and people out there who are you know who are doing really cool things so it's it's nice uh, to have that Absolutely. Um, and I think one of the, one of those is, is your, what, what is your Instagram account? Oh yes. My Instagram is Gotham taxidermy. So Gotham, like the nickname for New York city yeah. and taxidermy, like the word taxidermy. <laughs> so I definitely recommend if, if you're interested in taxidermy at all, definitely check out the Instagram because there's, you just have, I mean, there's so much cool stuff on there. 
Um, Thank you. Um, the the I was I was showing somebody I was tell I was telling a friend uh, yesterday that I was going to be talking to you today, and I was showing them uh, the bird skeletons that you have on there, and it's like oh, thank you. I, I would never even think about a bird skeleton like that's just not a yeah, thing yeah. my brain goes to and I mean it's it's like hauntingly beautiful like it just yeah. and you it's it's so it's such an interesting um uh career path to take and and then really quick you teach these classes and, and I think that's that's what the, the was the bird skeleton part of a class um, yes so yeah I was so yeah I teach, please um, to, I teach yeah. all sorts of yeah, so I'm really glad to hear that seeing that bird skeleton made you feel something and made you think because really again, did. you know, there's there's like there are things that exist in our world that we just don't think about. And, you know, I think when we're exposed to them, even if you don't become inspired to become an ornithologist or something like that, yeah. it is completely beautiful and fine and magical to look at a bird skeleton or to look at a bone or to look at a feather or or whatever it is and feel some sense of wonder and awe and like that pure and kind of there's like this pure and raw curiosity that it doesn't have to go anywhere aside from appreciation if it just stops there that is fine and that's really something so special um because there's so much potential in that you know when someone sees something and they appreciate it they're going to live in a way or be motivated to care for it. And that is like, I think that is the best thing that can ever happen with a work of art or a work of science or something that's in between, you know, is to just get people to, to feel that magic and feel that awe. So I'm so glad that ha- that happened. So thank you. Yeah, um, of course. Yes, about- <laughs> yeah. I was like, I wanted to show people like, I mean, that's I've been, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 I have been completely fascinated. So I don't even know how I found your account again. The, it's sort of the, the little bit of beauty in, in the internet is that yeah, I sort of, yeah. I just stumbled across it. And of course I knew about taxidermy and I had, I had seen things and, you know, yeah. I, I've, I've, you know, uh, you know, not really thought anything further than that, but then yeah. just going, yeah, going through your account. So yeah, definitely check Thank out you. the Instagram of course. And then yeah. If you're in the New York area and it's interesting, definitely check out a class. Is there somewhere that um, people could go to, to check that out? Or is there is there a yeah, certain place so, you want to point people to? Yeah. So my website lists classes. So I have an events page on my website and all my classes are listed there. Um, I also have resources on my website for people who are just curious about taxidermy. And maybe if you're not ready for a class, but just want to learn about taxidermy, I know how tough it was for me to find information about taxidermy so I have a page just devoted to or a section of my website just devoted to education so that is just at gothamtaxidermy.com so you can see my work there you can see my class schedule and you can also see this whole education section which links to a lot of articles a lot of books and resources and um, even online groups like groups on social media where um I'm like, and myself and a couple of colleagues are, you know, try and share our knowledge and, you know, in Facebook and discord and stuff like that. So, so yeah. So for people interested, just check that out. And if, yeah. And if they're in New York city, come to my studio and uh, (laughs) come to a class if you're, if you're interested in learning. So, yeah. Very cool. I'm actually um, looking at at taking a trip. I'm actually, I'm from New York. I'm from Long Island. I, I lived um in east like way east <laughs> bushwick for a very long time oh like, yeah just, yeah 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 so um i uh 
I'm definitely planning. I have a ton of I have a ton of family and friends that I haven't seen in forever. Um, so oh, awesome. I definitely would would love to come come check some stuff out if uh, if you're available when when I'm in town. We'll definitely yeah that'd have be to wonderful. have to connect at some point. But um, yeah, go check all of that out. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. This has been such a fun conversation. Um, awesome! Thanks so, so much for having me. Yeah, of of course. I feel like we we talked for i mean we definitely went over i think the limit that i told you (laughs) and i feel like we still like there is like there's so much more that i would want to get into so maybe we could have you come back on at some point and i would be happy to yeah awesome yeah Yeah, i would love that we'll we'll figure all that out but uh again yeah thank you so much and and this has been a lot of fun thank you